the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the Thursday edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. My name is Pastor Ken, and this week I've been filling in for Pastor Ron, who is out of town um, for this week. And uh, since today is Thursday, you regular listeners know it's the date day edition. So what we're going to do is continue as usual today. I have the great privilege of sharing the studio with my best friend, my dear wife, her name is May. Hey, how's it going, everybody? It's good to be here. Good afternoon. <laughs> so Pastor Ron and Paula are celebrating their 50th anniversary, and they are away enjoying their favorite place, of course, apart from home, which is staring at the Pacific Ocean, and they are kind enough to send video clips and pictures. At least Paula is. Pastor Ron doesn't know how to do that. But she's sending really nice videos and pictures, and it's an amazing scene. In fact, I saw one today. Since it's the date, the edition, sweetie, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, the, it's the, uh, the picture of them today enjoying their bench the bench that they normally sit at, uh, taking in the cool ocean breeze. And I saw the men's retreat shirt. That's a really cool idea with with Pastor Ron's bench (laughs) in the front of it. That's right. (laughs) That's a cool shirt. That's right. So there you go. That's perfect. The the bench that was, that was the symbol, by the way, for anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about. We just finished our men's retreat. And so the symbol or the the design of the men's retreat was was, uh, a bench. Symbolic of the bench that they use. Symbolic of the bench that they use at at the beach. Anyways, let me get started with the show. This is the date day edition. So that means we want to take your questions. We want to talk about what Jesus has done or what he's doing in your relationships, in your walks with the Lord. And particularly on the date day edition we want to talk about or how we can answer questions that will help you in your walk with Jesus, in your relationships, in your marriages. That's why we're here. So the phone number, 210-340-9585, 210-340-9585. The toll-free number, 877 630 We've got an email address. You can submit questions that way. It's questions at calvarysa.com. Don't forget we have the church app. You can submit questions through the app as well. And you can also dial into the radio station by using the KSLR app. It is uh, much easier, especially if you're in your car. You just click the button at the top. You get connected right to the studio, and then you can ask your question on the air. Well, since it is the date day edition, we've got nothing else planned here at the church. It's just our show. Mm-hmm. So, sweetie, what do you want to talk about today? Um, can I just start by reading Psalm 100? 
Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who has made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And I brought that up because it reminds me of when, of when I first got saved. <laughs> it's something I used to read every day. <laughs> I remember this. Uh, so this is also a song, an old like Maranatha song we used to sing okay. all the time. But yes, I, I love this because what's the repeating fr- refrain there? Uh, the Lord, the, the, the Lord is good, and His love endures forever. Amen. Doesn't that remind yeah. you of the song that we used to always sing? His love endures forever. And I remember, too, when you first got saved, and you used to always refer to this psalm. Uh, I think I got it from you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> See, my Pastor Ron always jokes around with me because he always says, Ken, what happened to your memory? <laughs> I said, you know what? I, I don't know. <laughs> um, so tell me about the psalm. What is it about this psalm that, that touches your heart I, besides the fact that you remember when we first got saved? And you and I, just for the radio audience, you and I got saved around the same time. Around the same time, but not quite a few months apart. I think I bring it up because I, I guess um, because of our mindset, like our perspective. Mm. Um, I, I think that every time I read this this um, psalm, then I get the right perspective, and that's important because we go through a lot during our day, and we could be in our feelings, like that kind of oh. thing. And I just want to praise the Lord. Just- uh, it, you know, that was so true for us back then, and it's still, still applicable for us today. I think that's an important word for us, for all Christians, but it's something that we need to make very personal. We all are emotional beings. God has made us emotional people. Yes. Do you remember when I first got saved, and I, I, I thought, let me back up, since I was such an emotional mess, and you remember me being that way, when I first got saved... I would describe to you what the Lord did, and I thought it was a good thing what the Lord did with my emotions. And in fact, what it was, was me, in a carnal way, dealing with my emotions. Do you remember when I used to describe to you what I did with my emotions? I put them in like this Mm shoebox, and I stored it away in the closet, and I have, like, as a Christian, as a brand new Christian, I used to tell you, like, those emotions are gone now. Like, I don't have those emotions anymore. And, and I thought that was a good thing. But it actually wasn't. This picture I used to describe of taking all those emotions, uh, bad and even good, and putting them in this box and storing it away. And now as a Christian, as a new Christian, I was just monotone boring, not high, not low, not even anything, just no emotion. And I thought that was a mature <laughs> like thing. A robot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. I thought it was a, a robot. And for some odd reason, I thought that that was a good thing. And it wasn't. It wasn't. I remember you asking me one day when we were at one of our home fellowships, uh, asking me about that. And it never dawned upon me God actually created us to be emotional people. He wants our emotions to be controlled by his Holy Spirit, not Mm -hmm. to pretend like we don't have them. And that was big for me. Yeah, I would say that like a lot of the ladies that I talk to that are probably struggling and stuff, um, when they come to me and and get prayer, a lot of times it's it's putting our emotions in... uh, in the mindset of Jesus, like what he wants us to think about. And um, so, like, I, I have a couple verses here. Um, like, for instance, if you're angry, it says, Be angry, but do not sin. Give no opportunity to the devil. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Um, but I bring that up because it's not only anger, but, like, the enemy wants to have an opportunity be, and and the way he does that is through our emotions a lot of times. That's right. So so you know what and this is something that's often misunderstood. I like that you bring that up because don't we you and I have conversation individual conversations with people when we're talking to them in counseling 
or just in conversations about things that we're dealing with. And what you said is true. Women and men, they, they deal with their difficult lives with emotionally charged, an emotionally charged way of thinking, not realizing it's not of the Lord, it's of the flesh. These are Christians we're talking mm-hmm. about. So what do you say to, to women when they mm-hmm. talk to you and then they, they, they know what they're doing is emotional, but they say that they can't help it or that they're hurting so bad? Oh, well, well, one of the things is um, if you have the Holy Spirit, then you have self-control. And I know for a fact the Lord wants them, um, wants us to give our emotions to him. Not like, like, uh, not like you don't have any emotions, but huh. that, that whatever you're feeling, Jesus cares. And, and the, the problem is that people don't want to go to him they just want to be in their feelings well there you go and um it's a dangerous place to be sometimes because then you do crazy things or but if you give it to the lord then he's in control of your emotions you know he he gives you that that peace that like um like philippians 4 6 and 7 says be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and petition then um you just submit it to God, and then he turns around and gives us that peace that is from him, you know, that peace beyond understanding. That is, I mean, that's so true. But isn't it, what you said is so true, mm-hmm. it's, but it's also true that, that we, we say that a lot, and we give that counsel a lot. And it's, it's one of those things where, and to men, make no mistake about it, I say the same exact thing, because men get emotional too, or they, they, they make their uh, decision-making based on emotions sometimes, but it's the same thing. It just looks a little bit different. Yeah. So uh, hold that thought, sweetie, okay. because we've got a phone call here. Line one, Ron, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Good afternoon, Pastor Ken. Can you hear me okay? Hi, Ron. I can hear you well. Okay, excellent, excellent. Yeah, this one was acting up a little while ago. Okay, well, I just rushed home because I wanted to get home and enjoy the call. I knew that uh, you're filling in for Pastor Pastor Ron right now, and um, I just needed to hear your perspective on, <clears throat> excuse me, something that's been, I can't say troubling me, but I, I just don't feel good about it. You hear about it every year. Okay. The city, city of San Antonio is sponsoring something called its... Uh, um, I'm half Hispanic myself. The other half is Anglo or white. And um, I've met in my family, but it's very prolific in San Antonio, the Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead. Uh, this year there was a, a, uh, a commercial that really got my attention. Uh, and they have what they're calling 50 altars, a minimum of 50 mm. altars, um, I've never felt comfortable with this. I've always thought it was a bit weird, a bit pagan, a bit. I just um, there's something uh, unchristian about it. And, Absolutely. Um, the I, I I just needed to hear your perspective because it just um, and when they said they have 50 altars on this commercial, that really stuck in oh. my crawl. So I just I need to hear your 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 perspective on this, sir. Absolutely, absolutely, Ron. Uh, let me let me give you not my opinion, but what the Bible clearly says about this. It is clearly unbiblical. There is nothing at all edifying about uh, this celebration of uh, Dia de los Muertos or the Day of the Dead. It is now the challenge here is it's it's tied into the culture, and because it's so intimately tied into the culture, anything that we speak against it is almost seen as offensive to the culture. And and I'm very familiar with this, even if I'm not Hispanic, uh, because my Filipino culture is very similar. Growing up, anything against uh, the religion of Catholicism or anything related to it would be seen as an attack of the culture. But what we need to do as Christians is take a stand for righteousness. 
And so, Ron, you're right to be grieved by this. There's nothing about this that is good. And in fact, uh, this is just like you said, there's commercials, there's marketing, there are movies and even cartoons that take this, this really demonic holiday uh, or celebration and make it, it to appear to be something that is good. And, and we don't have to apologize for what the, the Bible says. I want to take your attention to, remember King Saul in First Samuel chapter 28. And this is when he is dealing with the, the witch of Endor. And God had clearly told Saul that this was evil behavior to try to contact Samuel or try to deal with the realm of the dead, but he insisted. And as a result, paid uh, his life, paid a price with his life, because God said, this is something you should not do. And what we've done in our culture is taken these things, these grievous things, and made them appealing to people as if it's a good thing. And Ron, uh, what we need to do is pray. Pray for people that have fallen for the trap, thinking that this is a good thing. Pray for friends and relatives that are participating in this because uh, what they don't know is that a veil has been uh, covered, has covered their eyes, and, and they are dealing with things that they are not built to deal with. Now, because you have the Holy Spirit, Ron, you have discernment. And, and we can't expect people who don't have the Holy Spirit to have that same discernment. So, so what you do is simply give them what the Word of God says. Not angrily. Uh, you're not going to be a distraction or, or, or debate or argue with people. But you tell them what God's Word says. And, and stay grieved. Let your heart be broken as it should, because this will give you Jesus's heart for these people who are lost. And I don't care, you know, Ron, how, however they package it with, with, um, like I said, marketing and in commercials, and they make it even appealing to the younger crowds, to the kids, like it's a fun thing. It's absolutely evil. Ron, I, I hope that helps. Did, sweetie, did you have any thoughts about this? I don't know much about that at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. There really isn't anything to know about it. But, Ron, that's what I think the biblical perspective is. First uh, Samuel chapter 28, remember King Saul. But thank you for your call, Ron. And th these altars that they're talking about, these are ones that, uh, as part of the culture, uh, these 50 altars, whatever they're offering, are things that have nothing to do with God or God's Word. They're cultural things that really are, are, are memorials to the dead, memorials to relatives, and it's their way of like... What we would do in our Catholic upbringing was pray to these saints, and these altars are the same thing, absolutely unbiblical, and, and just a complete demonic distraction. Okay, well, on that positive note, <laughs> thank you for your call, Ron. I, I really hope that helps. And yes, let your heart be broken because this people have just fall for this trap. Okay, well, let's get back to our discussion, sweetie. Um, I think we were just talking about before Ron's call. And by the way, let me give the phone numbers one more time. Uh, if anyone else wants to call, again, it's the date, the edition. We would love to take your calls and questions. 210 uh, 340 9585. 210 The toll free number is 877 630 And then the email address is questions at calvarysa.com. Okay, sweetie, let's get back to what we were talking about. You said 
Uh, you referenced uh, Philippians chapter 4. And I, okay, I started to think about or talk about how uh, men too struggle with dealing with their feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this, is not, not, this isn't something exclusive to just women, uh, although some men like to think that way. I have sat in numerous counseling sessions where men who like to think of themselves as tough guys don't even realize that what they're doing is giving themselves over into their feelings. And and this is something that we have to be careful about. I love how you referenced uh, Philippians chapter 4 because that peace that surpasses all understanding, it really comes through... God changing the way we think. God changing the way we think. Because the, the mind is the battlefield for spiritual warfare, and we get attacked there all the time. Yeah, we really can't have um, idle time with our minds. Um, that's why uh, we emphasize at our church the Word of God. You know, we need to that. be having mm-hmm. the mind of Christ. And, and we go through a lot of troubles like this life. Like we're not guaranteed no troubles. You know, we, ha- we right. have a lot of different troubles um, of our own. And um, without being anchored in, in the word of God, it's just it's easy to fall. And Proverbs twenty five twenty eight says a man without self-control is like a city broken and left without walls. And I think yeah. of that like. Like if if our emotions aren't under control, I mean, like we don't know what could happen. You know what I mean? That is so, so important. And I just it, uh, under the control of the Holy Spirit, and that's what I mean. So let but, me let okay. me go back to that because I, I, we do have a caller, okay. and I I want to talk more about this, okay. but we don't want our callers to wait. So let's okay. go to the phone lines. We have on line one Samuel from San Antonio. Samuel, you're on the air. Hi, Samuel. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, Samuel. Yeah, I, I'm listening to the... I was, yeah, I'm glad to... The first time I've ever called this, so forgive my uh, inability to uh, to be uh, the politeness that I'm supposed to have, so I'm glad... No, that, you're that, fine, that you Samuel. You're perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, uh, I'm a biblical Catholic, okay? And I heard the, the statement of the last man is a holiday of death. Uh, what gets me is the Catholic leaders in San Antonio should understand that uh, the Bishop of Rome made uh, call this, the, the present culture that we live in is a culture of death. And why they don't protest this one is beyond me. How can you make an exception? Hmm. So you're incredibly right. It is demonic. It is not biblical at all. Samuel, God bless you. God bless you, and <laughs> you. you know that, and, and uh, this is unique because when you say that you're a biblical Catholic, I, I love the fact that you put the Word of God as your authority. And, you know, I'm sure you already know this, Samuel, but this is something that isn't really common within the Catholic faith. Now, this no. is not, I don't want to be misunderstood here. This is not to say that ca- there aren't some Catholics that are saved, that are not saved. Many. Yes, but but when you place the Word of God as your authority, and then these things become easily discernible, uh, things like celebrations like this. You know, for me, I was not somebody that studied the Bible when I was raised as a Catholic, and, and so I didn't understand. All I was taught was tradition. And whenever I was uh, curious or just asked questions, uh, those kinds of questions were, were discouraged. And, and I think you nailed it right on the head, Samuel. If they knew their Bibles, this would be something that they would understand. They would understand. And so, yeah, as far as our, our, our city goes, you know, our city in particular uh, places even greater emphasis on this particular holiday than, than most of the other cities because of the Hispanic influence in our city. It is a, it is a major thing that is intimately intertwined with the culture and um, I couldn't agree with you more, Samuel. Well, thank you for your call. And thank you for the encouragement. Uh, we are inside of just two minutes, two minutes, so we don't have time to take another call or answer any submitted questions. But uh, I wanted to continue, sweetie, with uh, with what we just talked about, the, 
this, you know, self-control is obviously one of the, what's listed as the fruit of the Spirit, singular fruit demonstrated in nine particular things in Galatians chapter 5, self-control being the last one listed. And self-control is, I, I think we all know what that is. It, it's just to be controlled by the Spirit. And I want to talk about that after the break because one of the things that we in our flesh disregard is is that when we're emotionally charged, instead of letting our emotions control us, we forget that the Holy Spirit wants to control us. Mm-hmm. And, and that should be something that's easily distinguishable between our flesh and the Spirit. And our thought life and the way we speak and the way we act, we need to exercise self-control. Well, sweetie, that means... We've got music playing in the background, so the first half of our Date Day edition is wrapping up. We've got a two-minute break, and we'll be back after this. We'll talk in a bit. back to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the date day edition of the word to stand on for life my name is pastor ken and if you're just tuning in i am filling in for my pastor pastor ron who normally hosts this radio show to take your questions about the bible Questions about how to put the Word of God into practice in your life. Questions about doctrine. And on the date day edition, which is today, we would love to take your questions about relationships, about marriages, things that we can do, both me and my wife May, uh, we can help you with in your walk with the Lord. Our goal here doesn't change. And our goal here is to help you to fall deeper in love with Jesus. And so with that, if you have questions you want to call in, let me give you the phone number, 210-340-9585, 210-340-9585. If you're out of the area, there's a toll-free number, 877-630-5757. That's 877-630-5757. We have, we have an email address if you want to submit questions there. Uh, send the email to questions at calvarysa.com. Okay, so we just came back from our break, and we have someone on the phone line, so we don't want you to wait. Line one, Matthew from Cibolo, you're on the air. Hey, Pastor Ken and Sister May, can you hear me? Hi. Hi, Matthew. Hi, Matthew. Hey, how's it going? Sorry, I'm, I don't know. I'm thinking I have a bad connection on my phone. But I was calling because I kind of want to get y'all inside, you know, as advice, or you know, basically how to better explain it. Well, anyways, I had a family member, well, a real close family member. They were they were visiting, and uh, they're professing Christians. However, um, they've been living together, unmarried, for 25 years, and I would say my probably about three times they've been around, and I would tell them, you know, hey. Y'all got to get right. Y'all are professing Christians. Blah, 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 right? The whole nine yards. Um, well, anyways, they responded because we were talking about, you know, uh, marriages and how marriages can be difficult. And so the family members responded and says, well, I've been with this person 25 years, and the Lord's been good, and I've never gotten a fight with him. But we never got in a fight. And I responded and said, well, the Lord is not in y'all's relationship. Y'all are not married. I've been living together for 25 years. Anyway, so they come back and they respond, well, how can you say that my prayers have been answered? And we start talking about prayers, and they're saying, well, you know, um, the Lord has answered my prayers. i got a job. You know, I've had a healthy marriage. I've been, I've been healthy all my life. And, and so just to save time, you know, I just basically was sharing God's Word. And the conversation obviously kind of, the, the, the mood was different now. You know, right. I was sharing God's Word, and I was showing them scriptures. And I opened the Bible for them, 
and they're like, well, the Lord's been, you know, blessing me. Like the way he, they were telling, telling, you know, my wife and I, oh, you know, the Lord's blessed y'all too. And, um, and so how can we have a family conversation like that? And it didn't go bad, but I can tell the tension just felt differently, you know, sure. after that. But, um, what would you give me some advice if, you know, that family member does come by and shares that. And the last time I told them, it was like six months ago. We had a family dinner and, you know, and I brought it up to it again. Uh, they had brought up the conversation of marriages and, you know, and I respectfully told them, you know, you're, the Lord's not else marriage. Y'all are living in sin. And, but I don't know. Okay. <laughs> what would y'all say to that? I can definitely help Matthew. First, God bless you. Your, your love for God's word and the love of Jesus Christ is being poured out from your heart onto them. Romans chapter 5, verse 5, which is exactly why we communicate the truth. And, and <clears throat> what you did is exactly that. It, it can be awkward. Um, it, can, it can even be uh, confrontational. Not your communication is confrontational, but the response can be confrontational, but that's okay. Because of your great love for them and the love that Jesus has poured into your hearts, you're willing to risk the relationship in order to tell them the truth. And that should never, ever change. Now, a couple things here. So when you ask specifically how we would approach it, do exactly what you're doing and do it consistently. You're not fighting. You're not arguing. But because you love them, you want them to know exactly what God's Word says, especially if they are professing Christians. Um, well, my my thought on that is you, you totally did the right thing, Matthew, like to tell them about it, because um, that needs to be said, especially to believers that say they love the Lord. You know, they need to hear the truth in love. And... Um, even even while we don't know what's ha- going to happen, like the word of God doesn't return void. So I think that that will be in their mind. And every time they'll see you, it's going to be like, like there he is. That's, uh, that's and right. then that's and the Lord will talk that way. And, um, you know, just knowing that they're not living right. You know, um, sure, God is providing for some of their needs or whatever. But like how much more would would they be blessed if they were living right and um, right before the Lord? That's absolutely right. Uh, Matthew, one thing that you have to, that you understand that they don't is this. The outward appearance, just like May said, the the blessings that God has given them, the, the, the fact that they do not argue, and all of the other exterior things really has nothing to do with their hearts. Because we can do these things on the outside. These are all behavioral exterior things. But but the evidence of these things doesn't mean that their hearts are right. And what God cares about is the heart. He cares about his heart and her heart. And he doesn't care about them giving the appearance of everything being okay. And, and you know, we live in a culture where everything is all about appearance or everything is results-based. And if we can bypass dealing with the heart and just deal with the outside, we give an appearance of godliness, like Colossians says, but no power therein. So there's no real change here. I would, if, if you have the chance to have a conversation, ask them, what makes you think you're born again? If they're professing Christians... And they live like this. They live a life of compromise. This is different. This, you know, First Corinthians chapter six, Galatians chapter five. Those who live like this, and what's implied there is a lifestyle of unrepentant sin. Those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So you can say, and. All, all that you want, and you can act like a Christian, but that's coming from a heart that just doesn't know Jesus. 
And and I understand, Matthew, that can come off very harsh, but you need to tell them the truth directly in love and be consistent with it. Because what you're doing is giving the Holy Spirit room to do the work he needs to do in their hearts. Okay, well, thank you for your phone call, Matthew. Uh, yeah, we'll be praying for you and your family, and God bless you for taking a stand for righteousness. Sweetie, let's go back right to the phone lines. A line two, Jimmy from San Antonio, you are on the air. Hello, how are you doing? Hi, Jimmy. Hi. Hey, I have this question on Jonah 4.3. Okay. And then 1 Kings 19, verses 3 through 6. Okay, I mean, second, let me turn there. You said Jonah chapter 4, this is at the end. Verse, verse 3. Okay. <laughs> yes, Jimmy, and then you said, and the other passage was in Second Kings? Oh, First Kings. Kings. Uh, chapter 19, verses 3 through 6. That's Elijah. Yes, I got you. Okay. What's your question, Jimmy? Well, when I read when I read those, I started crying. Hmm. Because and this is what I realized. I realized these people in the Bible, you know, some people put them up on a pedestal and all this, but they felt the same way. Sometimes the way we feel. Absolutely. Here on earth, you know, like um, like Jonah says, it's better for me to be dead than to be alive. And I know that it's because he he was in that city of Nevath or what was it called Nevath. God sent him to Nevath, and then Nineveh, yes, Nineveh, yeah. And and it, I guess it was hard for him to uh, to go there. And then and then Elijah, where he said. Um, uh, you know, he was scared from uh, Jezebel. Yes, and, uh, and he was scared from Jezebel, and then, and I said, "Wow, Elijah!" He, you know, he was afraid, and he says, "He says, Lord, I'm no better than my ancestors." That's right. You're right, and Jimmy. Uh, I want to help. I want to help. I, I love this, and I know you didn't ask your question, but I, I, I'm assuming you want me to elaborate on these two and how it applies to us today. And, well, and I let felt me, the same way, too. I felt the same way. Absolutely. So let me say this from the beginning, uh, and this, this is no coincidence. We're dealing with or talking about emotions and feelings, and I'm not naive here. These are real things that were real difficult things that we deal with in life. And the emotions and the feelings that we have sometimes even lead to moments of depression. They're absolutely real. Now, here are a couple of really important takeaways from Jonah's story and from Elijah's story. There is one thing they have in common at these moments. Uh, Both men used by God, obviously, but... In Jonah chapter 4 and in 1 Kings chapter 19, the one common thing we see here is this. They have both taken their eyes off of God. Their eyeballs are now locked in and focused on themselves. Jonah, having seen the goodness of God, doing exactly what God, he knew what God wanted to do was save the people of Nineveh. He didn't want that to happen. That made him upset. And he was more focused on his own opinion of them not deserving, the Ninevites not deserving salvation. They don't deserve the goodness of God because of everything these people have done to me or to my people. You see, he's taking his eyes off of God and focusing his eyes on himself. Elijah, a great man of God, did the exact same thing. His momentary lapse of the flesh here in 1 Kings 19, after this wonderful victory at Mount Carmel, a victory that would have clearly demonstrated that he is on God's side and God is with him. 
after receiving a threat from Jezebel, he runs and he hides. You know why he did that? Because he took his eyes off of Jesus and he fixed his eyes on something else. Himself, he fixed his eyes on his circumstances. He fixed his eyes on a, on Jezebel, somebody that was really intimidating. And the common thing between these two is this. If you take your eyes off of Jesus, you're going to find yourself in a really dark place because Jesus is light. And 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 apart from him, there's only darkness. Whether it's focusing on yourself and focusing on people or circumstances, Jimmy, this is what we need to do. Now, you've heard Pastor Ron say it. We say, I say it all the time. Whenever I spend time with myself, focusing on myself, it's like me waking up in the morning first thing and turning on the bathroom light and staring intently at the mirror and just staying there. Guess what's going to happen after staring at myself? I'm going to see some things I'm not really happy about. I'm looking at myself thinking, wow, what happened? And that's exactly what Elijah did. And that's exactly what Jonah was doing. So what we do to combat this, Jimmy, is Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. We've, we, we fix our minds and set our hearts on things above. We set our hearts and our minds on Jesus. And, and he helps us through these depressing, difficult times. Paul the Apostle had the exact same issue. So, Jimmy, you find yourself in good company. But you've got to do the same thing that Paul the Apostle exhorts us to do, which is turn your eyes back to Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, the author, fix your eyes upon him, the author and the finisher of our faith. Sweetie, did you want to add anything to that? Yeah, um, I was thinking of Philippians 2 and about how uh, Jesus is fully man and fully God. Um, he endured... As a man, he endured lots of suffering, and it's not that we deny that we don't have suffering, but that we go to Jesus and we, we're confident that he takes care of us and our feelings and our emotions and what we're going through, he cares about. So um, in our women's study uh, this last Monday, one of the parts that Linda McMillan spoke about is the humanness oh, of, yes. of Jesus. And yeah, Jesus is fully aware of, of our humanness and the things we suffer and the things we struggle with. And that's a comfort to me. I think that's a comfort to, that would be a comfort to you if you're in that place and anyone else who's in that place that he understand, like nobody, like there might be not one person that really understands, but Jesus fully understands that. So. Absolutely. Jimmy, what May said is so important at the end of, Chapter 4 of Hebrews, Paul introducing uh, Jesus as the high priest. And, and there he says exactly what May said. We do not have, for we do not have a high priest that is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Jimmy, let that be an encouragement to you. Instead of trying to endure these difficult things by yourself, mm -hmm. stay close to Jesus. Be with him because you're going to be with the one who has endured all things and yet didn't sin. And it doesn't make everything go away. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make everything easy. But whatever it is you're going to endure, you will endure it together with Jesus. You're not alone. That's perfect, sweetie. And then uh, I'm glad that you brought up Linda McMillan's uh, Bible study this past Monday at the uh, women's study. Women's study, the Monday yes. women's study. It's it's so important because uh, there is a connection we have with Jesus. He's not some far off distant God that 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 we know only in name. He is a personal God who lives in us. And Hebrews chapter 4 here tells us that he identifies with us in our pain, in our sorrow, in our difficulty. Jimmy, I, I hope that helps. Thank you for your phone call. And uh, believe me, you are not alone when you go through these difficult times. 
We all do. And, and what we have to do is cling to Jesus, be with him, because he understands when nobody else does. Hmm. Thank you, Jimmy. You know, this is a perfect segue into what we were talking about. Uh, uh, this passage here in Hebrews is one that we can find comfort in, sweetie, because we are emotional beings, people who, you know, in the, the, the middle of our current trial feel like, God, there's just nobody that understands me. Nobody can identify with me. Sometimes people here, even at church, have come up to us and say things like, nobody here gets me. Nobody here understands me. And what we tell them is exactly what this passage says, but Jesus does. Mm -hmm. One of the things Mama said um, also is um, to keep moving forward with Jesus. So even through our hurts, even through our emotions and things we go through, the trials we go through, then uh, the Lord wants us to pick up our cross and follow him. And so we continue to move forward with Jesus. That is so true. You know, when we dwell on the things that are bothering us, when we dwell on the, on the thoughts that, that we know are not from the Lord, I always picture... You know, in in the in the wilderness, when the Israelites were traveling into the Promised Land, very at the very back were 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 essentially the elderly or the the young ones that couldn't fend for themselves. These were like low hanging fruit that the Amalekites could easily pick off. The ones that couldn't defend themselves. Well, when we keep our minds and our hearts in a place like that. Uh, we become that low-hanging fruit, easy, easy targets for the enemy. Mm-hmm. But if we keep going, just like you said, yeah. I love that. Keep moving forward with Jesus. Don't get caught up in lagging. Um, don't get distracted with emotions and and lies of the enemy. Yeah, um, I think God says that for our protection, because if we don't cling to him, you know, in those times, like, what do we cling to? We run to other things and for our protection, like the Lord wants us to just cling to him and stay with him no matter what. Absolutely. It's this is so important because uh, I mean, we're all flesh, all of us. And so we we even after walking with the Lord for for decades because we still have our flesh, all it takes is just one second. One second for us to take our mind off of Jesus, take our eyes off of Jesus, and then all of a sudden we see something that, that triggers our flesh. Mm-hmm. And e- even after walking with the Lord for a long time, we get caught up in things, in, 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 in thoughts that are not of the Lord, and our flesh just never gets any better. That's why we always talk about just being with Jesus. It's the only place where we're going to think the way Jesus wants us to think. Yeah. During discussion in the women's study, we also talked about how the the enemy might like basically is he he, like screams these thoughts in our ears. And and a good way, this is what I was mentioning, is a good way to counteract that is to uh, just fill your your thoughts with the word of God. Um, Like, for instance, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And if you repeat that, it's like, oh, my goodness. Um, Just different train of thought, you know. You know, we, we've got to set our hearts and our minds on the Word of God. Yeah. Is it Philippians chapter 3? Rejoice in the Lord always. And you know what we always hear back? We always hear back, well, well, what about this and what about that? What about my finances? What about my spouse? And what about my kids? And, and, and it's true. We, we all have things in our life that if we focus on them, they could be great sources of discouragement. But if we focus on Jesus, we're not ignoring all those things that are around us. But we're telling him, effectively telling him, Lord, you got to take care of these things. I'm going to trust you. I can't fix them. And I, I love that because, uh, you know, we got saved, what, 20, 
24 years ago. I, I don't remember how many years in the Lord it's been now. But even to this day, we still have to remember that if our minds uh, start to dwell or go off on things that are not of the Lord, my flesh today is uglier, more self-centered, and more wicked than it was the day I got saved. Now, that's a blow to my ego because I like to think my flesh got a little bit better. Got it's prettier. double bacon cheeseburger. Oh, double cheeseburger day. Said Sam. Oh yeah, you you would say that after I was talking about my flesh, but, but it, yeah. diet tomorrow, guys. <laughs> well, guys, you can hear the music. That means we are at the end of the date, the edition of the Word to Stand On for Life tomorrow. I will be back here on the radio four o'clock with the Word to Stand On for Life on KSLR. We'll see you. See you then. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.